Last week, we talked about being content. Uh, if any of you, in, content in the season of life that God has you. If any of you are in first service, we're actually talking about being content um, because I had a huge spelling error that um, is fixed this week, so you can see. <laughs> um, but we lo- talked about being content in the season of life that God has us in right now. And we talked about the definition of content, which is in a state of peaceful happiness. Uh, We talked about three roadblocks that I think that culture has formed that has made it really difficult for us to be content in the season of life that God has us. Those roadblocks are the seduction of comfort, the allure of constant distractions, and the perpetual temptation to quit. And we talked about how culture has pretty much brainwashed us, pretty much has, has made us think that these things, that comfort, distractions, the temptation to quit, um, is more important than our relationship with Jesus. That culture has said, you know what, your walk, your relationship with Jesus isn't as important as these things. And we turn to Paul's examples. We're going to do that more this morning. Uh, as in, in 1 Corinthians, if you remember, he said that he had to work harder than all of these people to get to where he was. And we talked about that it wasn't this bragging thing. He wasn't saying, look at me, how hard of a worker I am. He was saying, my life is so messed up that it took me a lot to get from there to glorifying God in all that I did. And in any and all circumstances, the season that Paul was in, but also in who God created him to be the purpose that was placed on his life. So over this past week, I'm sure you've all mastered being content in the season of life God has you. So we're now ready to go to the next step and talk about being content in who we are, in who God made us to be. We're going to watch a clip. We're going to start off with watching a movie clip. Um, from a movie called Mom's Night Out. If you've ever seen this movie, it's a really funny movie. Um, It's a very family-friendly movie, so if you're looking for a new family uh, movie to watch, it's really family-friendly. And then I'm going to follow up by saying the scene that you're going to see takes place in a jailhouse, (laughs) Uh, in the the waiting room of a jail. Uh, This mom is talking to this biker uh, who she's befriended. His name is Bones, played by Trace Atkins. And she tells him before this clip, right before we're going to start playing this clip, she, he said, or she said, I feel like I'm not enough. I feel like I'm not enough for my kids, for my husband, for God, for my friends, for everyone around me. I feel like there's this bar that I need to live up to and I'm not doing. And I feel like that everything that I try fails. I feel like I look at these people around me and everything is going right for them, but not me. So Trace Atkins replies with this, and we're going to watch this now. I'd wait up for her coming home from the diner. I'd wait up every night because she'd come home and she'd put me to bed and she'd tell me something. She'd tell me the same thing every night. He loves you, Charles. No matter who you are, no matter what you do, or how far you run, Jesus will always be loving you with his arms open wide just for being you. And I'd smile and go off to sleep. You know, I saw something on Pinterest the other day. It was an eagle 
just caring for its young. It's a beautiful thing to watch one of God's creations just doing what he made it to do. Just being an eagle. And that's enough. Y'all spend so much time beating yourselves up. Must be exhausting. Let me tell you something, girl. I doubt the good Lord made a mistake giving your kiddos the mama he did. So you just be you. He'll take care of the rest. I think that uh, clip shows pretty well what happens to a lot of us when we start to compare ourselves. I had to tell the first service, I had to watch that clip like 15, 20 times over the week so I didn't start crying because I'm a little wuss. And, but so seriously, th th this is, I think, how we feel so many times, that we start comparing ourselves with others. We start looking at other people's lives. We start to look at that as the way we live life. And, you know, I told you last week that I've lived my whole life with this idea that the grass is greener on the other side, that wherever I'm at isn't as good as where I need to be or where I'm headed. And I need to find a way to get from here to there because that is what's going to make me happy. That's what I deserve. But I've also struggled to parallel with that is this constant, this just constantly comparing myself to everyone around me, to my family, to my friends, to people I know, to people I don't know, uh, to people on TV, which that always gets you places when you start comparing yourself to people on TV. And I was using this as a scale to, if I, you know, to tell if I was failing or if I was succeeding. And a shocker, I'm sure, to all of you, that 99% of the time, I was finding that I was failing. This culture that we live in has conditioned me, and I think many of us in this room, to watch everyone and everything around us, that this is how we're going to measure our life. And the great thing about culture, the absolute, I just love it, I'm being sarcastic, is you wake up in the morning, you know, you're like, wow, I, I feel good. I feel, you know, I look good. I feel good. I just read my Bible. I have a good relationship with God. You know, <clears throat> I feel like work yesterday went well. I'm excited to get back to work. I think everything is going good. And then you walk out the door and someone's like, yeah, you look terrible. You're like, oh, okay, scratch that off. And then, you, you know, you get to work, and they're like, hey, by the way, Matt, uh, you messed this up yesterday. You messed that up yesterday. Um, you know, John over here did a really good job, and, and Tom over here did a really good job, but you messed up. And you're like, oh, okay, guess I was wrong about that. And it's great because culture does it for you, that you try so hard to say, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to accept who God has made me to be. I'm going to accept my life, where it is, what's going on in it right now. But then... The people around us love to, to do it for us. God made each of us to fulfill a purpose that only is meant for us. We need to stop comparing ourselves to our family, to our friends, to people we don't know, to people on TV. God created you for a purpose that only you can do. I mean, when you think about that, you, you know, he looked at each of you and said, looked at me and said, I'm going to create you with a purpose. I'm going to create you with a plan, and I need you to be content because I'm trying to bless you. That God's saying, I'm trying to show you this plan, this purpose, but you keep 
taken your eyes off of me. You keep trying to compare yourself to everyone around you. Remember Acts 20, 24, we read last week, that Paul says that my purpose is to finish the course. Some translations here say finish the race and the ministry I received from the Lord. So let's take it to the racetrack for an example from my life. I was seven years old, and there was this big community event that, we, that the high school track and field team put on in our school district. It was called the Fall Crawl. And they put this on. It was, like I said, it was huge. It would pack out the whole entire stadium. I went to a, a pretty big school district, uh, and, you know, my family was there. My parents were there cheering me on. And, and I was actually pretty fast. I know a lot of you are shocked by that, but seriously, I really was. Uh, so I, I get ready. I don't know why people laugh when I say that. I really was. I'm serious. Uh, so anyways, I, I, I am signed up for a few of these races, and they call me down for the one race. It was the, clearly you know how much I, I know, it was a quarter track race. They set us up a quarter of, of a track away from the start-finish line, and we started. So um, I get down there, and I remember getting ready, you know, doing my little stretches, doing my little whatever you call it. And I, I'm serious. I'm, 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 I promise you, I remember it like it was yesterday. I look down at the line they made out of chalk, and I go to myself, I say, I'm going to cross this line as a competitor, and I'm going to cross that finish line as a champion. At the age of seven, I said this. What a jerk. So anyway, so I get down into my stance. I'm not going to do it this morning because I don't know what will happen. Uh, but I get down, I get ready, and I hear the gun go off, and I bolt off, leaving everyone in the dust. I'm serious. I'm ser- I really did. So I'm going around this corner, and I think to myself, I should probably see where the other competitors are. I should probably see where they're at. And if you run track, if you know this, you don't do that. You don't worry about where everybody else is. You know what's about to happen. I turn around and I feel like it was in slow motion. I trip over my feet. I fall down to the track, crashing against the track, and there I lie, bloody, bruised, and really embarrassed. And I said to him, don't you cry, Matt. Don't you do it, seeing everybody crossing the finish line, and I cried. And uh, I get up, I find my mom, I run to her, and I just remember being so upset, and I never ran in the fall crawl again. So, uh, you see, what happened was when I started comparing myself to everybody around me, what happened? I lost what my goal is. Did I want to win the race? Absolutely. But my goal was to finish the race. And when I got worried about what was going on beside me, when I got worried about what everybody else around me was doing, I lost that sight. I lost what the goal was. I tripped and fell, and well, you know what happened from there. God didn't create us to compare ourselves to each other. He created us for our own purpose. We need to stop playing this comparison game. I'm going to tell you that a lot this morning because we need to stop doing it. Focus on what God is doing in our life. We need to focus on staying in our lane, run the race that God has set before us. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus and and focus on who God created us to be. An eagle being an eagle. That's what we were created to be. We were created to be fill in the blank of your own name. That's who you were created to be. Now, I know that's a lot easier said than done. Just like last week, I don't have a quick fix. I never will uh, because God works in each of our lives differently. But I want to talk to you about what comparison can do to contentment. And I want to talk to you about two negative behaviors, I think, that lead, that comes out of comparison. And then also talk about three ways or ideas that I think that you're going to see all through this morning's message that I think will help you as you learn to be content in who God made you to be. So before we get into that, you know I like to do disclaimers. You know like I, I, I like to do this because 
I don't want you to think that I'm being closed-minded. I understand that there are times in life that, you know, it's not exactly the way I say, but I hope you, you know that I truly am tr- trying to um, have discernment and guidance as I preach the Word of God. So is there, any, is there a time that I think it's okay to compare? Yeah. Uh, in First Corinthians, Corinthians, doesn't Paul talk about imitating me because I imitate Christ? That if you look at a friend of yours or a family member and you're like, wow, that person reads the Bible like eight times a day. I read it four times a year. That's really cool. Or this person, when they say they're going to pray for someone, they really do. Isn't that crazy? So, you know, to, to get closer to Jesus, are you going to ever get to where Jesus was? Obviously, no. But yes, you should always be striving to move closer in your relationship with Jesus. So I'm not talking about that comparison. If you are truly trying to grow in your relationship and you go to a brother and sister in Christ, say, please mentor me, guide me, direct me, that's okay. I want, I want to be this part of your walk with Jesus. This is what I'd like. So I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is the type of comparison that destroys contentment. Comparison destroys contentment. And what I mean by this is, at least for me, is when I find myself comparing myself to other people or other circumstances, I'm destroying contentment in my life. Contentment in who God made me be. Why? Because even though maybe you're not thinking about it or you're not really, it's the forefront of your mind, what you're really saying is, hey, God, um, you got this all wrong. Uh, I'm supposed to be like this person. Or God, you got this all wrong. Uh, I'm supposed to be in this situation. Or whatever that is, that is what we're pretty much saying is, God, you got it wrong. That, that isn't what I was supposed to be. And God's going, no, no, no. And we're going to talk about, obviously, this morning, who God created us to be and why he created us to be that way. So first, uh, we're going to look at, or we're going to look at Paul here. Uh, Philippians 4, 11 to 13 says, I don't say this out of need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. I know both how to, how to make do with little, and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, if I, I have learned this secret of being content. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me me. So, in him who strengthens me, in Christ who strengthens me. Sorry about that. Uh, So, who here has heard Philippians 4.13? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Almost everybody in this room. Well, unfortunately, I'm going to debunk one of the biggest biblical misinterpretations for you this morning. And for some of you, that might be really sad, but I hope when you see, when you put this into context, it really is a much greater purpose. It is really a much greater message to us. So many of you have probably heard this passage as, you know what, I'm going to run this race and I'm going to win it because Christ who strengthens me. I'm going to, I'm going to be in this wrestling match and I'm going to win it because Christ who strengthens me. Or I'm going to uh, play in this football game and our team's going to win because Christ who strengthens me. And I'm going to have the biggest game and you know, on and on. So how many of you heard it in that context? So a, a lot of us have heard it in that context. Some of us have, even in the context of, you know what, I can do all things because Christ who strengthens me. That's not what Paul's talking about here. If you pair it with 11 and 12, you see what Paul is actually talking about is being content. He is focusing on his response to the circumstance he is in. He's focusing on who God made him and the plan that was set before him. 
whether favorable or not favorable. Paul will express contentment and gratitude regardless because of the strength he possesses as a follower of Jesus Christ. I love here in verse 11, it said, I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. So it wasn't like Paul was like, I'm content, great, I'm, I'm peacefully happy and everything that God has. No, he had to learn to be content. And then he had to learn what that secret was to being content. What was that secret? Whether it was he was well-fed, whether he was hungry, whether it was an abundance or a need, he was able to do all things through Christ who strengthens him. See, here's the problem. Uh, and this ties into last week. So many times in life, you know, I'm here. Matt, Matt, Matt's life is going pretty good. I, you know, marriage is great. The kids are, are doing great. My job is doing great. I've, I feel like the, the life that is, is here right now is what I've been working for. And uh, oh, but then there's there. And there looks way better than here. So I'm just going to go over there. And then what happens to there? Oh, it turned into here. And then you're here and you're like, well, it's not as great as I thought, but it's still much better than where I was. And everything is going great. You know, I'm starting to become who I think I need to be. And uh uh uh-oh, there's there. So you go over there. And what happens is you end up in this constant circle of going from here to there because you become addicted to being who you're not. You've become addicted to being who God has not planned you to be. You are not learning to be content. You're not, you're not learning to be peacefully happy in who Jesus has, who God has created you to be. You have not learned what that secret is. And it, shocker, it's not a secret that Jesus, the same power that rose Jesus from the grave, resides in you, as that song says. That power, if you have that residing in you, I promise you that you will learn, just like Paul did, to be content. You'll learn what your purpose is in life. You'll learn that you weren't weren't supposed to be like this person or that person, that you weren't supposed to do, uh, you weren't supposed to be in this part of life or whatever that is. You were meant for a purpose that only you can fulfill. So comparison destroys contentment. Two negative behaviors that I think result from comparison. Are there others? I'm sure, but these are two big ones I think that uh, the result from it. The first, comparison makes us prideful. Luke uh, 11 and 12, this is a Pharisee. He's a religious person. He's a pretty pompous person. He's, he's, uh, he thinks a lot about himself. And this is verse 11 in Luke 18. The Pharisee was standing and praying like, th- like this about himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like these other people. I'm greedy. I'm not greedy, unrighteous, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of everything I get. And you're saying, I would never pray like that. Um, if you thought that, that's I hate to burst your bubble, but that was a pretty prideful thought, that so many times in life that we get to this point of we're comparing ourselves to make ourselves look better. It's, this isn't the comparison that we're going to talk about. This is the comparison of, I'm so glad I'm not like that person. I am so glad I don't have to put up with what this person has to put up. I am so glad that I don't have to be who this person is. And you start raising yourself up 
But what you're really doing is just making yourself prideful because you're comparing what you aren't. You know what? God's plan and purpose is different in that person's life, just like it is in your life. Don't be that person. Don't be the one who, who does that. You know, I could go on all day about, with verses about pride, but you can look those up yourselves. I need you to understand that God didn't create you to be that person. God didn't create you to have their blessings. He didn't create you to have their purpose or their plan. He created you to be you, an eagle being an eagle. The second thing that comparison can do, comparison can make us jealous. Proverbs 14 30 says, a tranquil heart is life to the body, but jealousy is rottenness to the bones. What this verse is saying is that it's healthy to find contentment. Envy brings constant turmoil. I I always like to think of it this way, that jealousy brings this violent excitement that is never satisfied. One who is consumed by this has a lot of trouble having a tranquil heart, you know, or, or having that peace. Craig Driscoll says, envy is when you resent God's goodness in other people's lives and ignore God's blessings in your own life. I'm going to read that again. Envy is when you resent God's goodness in other people's lives and ignore God's blessings in your own life. You know what I'm talking about here is, well, why does that family get to get on the big luxurious vacation? Why, why don't we? Why does, this, why does this guy keep buying new stuff? Why does he buy another car? He already had a nicer car than me. Why do, the, why do these people have a bigger home than me? What, why this? Why that? Why? And you're missing out. God's trying to say, <laughs> so what I've, what I've done in your life is, what are you trying to say? Or one of my biggest things is when it comes to our Christian walk, when it comes with our, to our walk with Jesus of, why do these people get this? I mean, I have a really close walk with Jesus. I am constantly trying to grow in in Jesus. I'm constantly trying to get closer to him. These people don't do any of that. And God, why do they get all this and we don't? You ignore what God is trying to do, the person that God made you to be and the purpose that only you can do. Be content, peacefully happy in who God made you to be. Accept who God wants you to be, not who you wish you could be or not, you know, puffing yourself up or making yourself look better in your mind, in your eyes, or even, I sure hope you don't do this, but in, you know, in words, uh, you know, to, to make yourself feel better. So, you know, I, I got to get us from here to there. You know that uh, I, I try to give you something that I hope you can walk out of these doors with. And again, not a quick fix, but I think these are three ways that will help you in as you learn to be content. And you're probably going to say, Matt, you've already talked about all three of these in one way or the other, and you're right. But I want to highlight them because I think that this is going to help you a lot. And the first one, so three ways uh, to be content in who God made you to be. And the first is probably the biggest one. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Think about that story I told at the very beginning. You know, I was so worried about what was going on beside me. I was so worried about where my competitors were, is I lo- and I lost sight of what was ahead of me because I was trying to compare myself, and it just ended up really badly. And I was in a bloody heap of a mess, embarrassed, and nowhere near what my goal was. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, as Phelan uh, read earlier, Therefore, since we have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. 
Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. You ready? Keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that he that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Please, take it from someone, me, who has lost a lot of joy in my life. I promise you that I, when, when you start to do this, I, I have found that I became addicted to comparing myself to everyone and everything. You will quickly become discontent in who God made you to be. You will quickly start to question him. You will quickly start to doubt him. And before you know it, you're going to quickly lose your relationship with him. You're going to quickly forget the purpose and plan that God has put in your life. Don't be that person who's always looking around at everyone else. Just run your race. Just run the, the race that God has before you. And as Bones said in that video, he'll take care of the rest. It's a dangerous game to play. You know, and I want you to understand that, I don't, Matt, like, you're being like, what do you mean not worry about anyone else? Isn't that part of being, the, you know, being a Christian? Yes, I'm talking about, you know, don't be so, you know what I'm talking about, where, where we're comparing ourselves, and we've talked about it all. I don't want to go back into it, but, you know, I tell the youth all the time, if you're in Walmart, you know, you're in Walmart, you see this single mom, she's struggling with her kids, and she drops everything she's holding. Instead of walking by, be like, ooh, sorry. You, you know, you, you help and you, you pick that up for them, and, and you show God's love in what you do. Remember last week we talked about glorify God in all that you do. When you start focusing about everything around you, you lose what that is. And the second way, uh, the second way for us to learn to be content is recognize what God has given you. Galatians 6, 3, and 4 says, For if anyone considers himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Let each person examine his own work. And then he can take pride in himself alone and not compare himself to someone else. What Paul is saying here is, you ready for some teenage lingo? Go sip tea. He's saying, mind your business. Oh, I see God gifted you with some amazing, uh, in some amazing ways, but that's none of my business. And some of you are looking at me awkwardly saying, why are you showing me a picture of Kermit sipping tea? It's, we'll talk later. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's a meme. It means, uh, I'll, I'll just stop. Wow. <laughs> anyway, so recognize what God has given you. Just keep your eye on who God has made you in the season of life you're in, what he has planned for you. Don't worry about what the other people are doing. He is going to take care of them. He'll take care of you. Keep your eyes on God. Don't compare yourself. God created you and has given you blessings. And when you look, when you can see this and you can learn that and you can realize what he is doing in your life, you're going to be like Paul. And you're going to learn the secret, which, again, is not a secret that you can do because you are empowered with the same strength that Jesus Christ has, the same power that rose Jesus from the grave. Be content in any and every situation. You learn what it means to do that. Again, you'll learn what it means to accept who God made you to be. And the third way uh, that, I, uh, that I think we can learn to be content in who God made us to be is accept who God has made you. Matt, isn't that what we've been talking about all morning? Yeah, that's why it's the third point. 
I, I think it's important to understand and to know and to accept who God made you to be. Ephesians 12.10, or I'm sorry, 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Jesus Christ for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. This is probably another verse you're like, I've heard that a lot too. And I want to stop and just pause here for a minute, because when we read verses like Matthew, or I'm sorry, like John 3.16 and and Philippians 4.13 and Ephesians 2.10, we start to lose what is hap- you know, what this verse is saying. And this verse should bring us to our knees. This verse should rock our worlds because what it is saying, for we, everyone in this room, we are God's workmanship. We are created in Jesus Christ for good works which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. We're created in God's workmanship. I promise you God didn't make a mistake. You ever see this meme? You probably have never seen so many memes in church. When God made you a little dash of awesomeness, oops. No, no, that's not how God works. God created you with a purpose, with a plan. It was not by accident. He said, what's going to go into you? What's going to be your talents? What's going to be your plan? What's going to be your purpose? What's going to be your gifts? Uh, or I'm sorry, your experiences, both good and bad, unfortunately. But God created you uniquely. God created us to fulfill the purpose that only we can fill. Do you understand that? That only you can fulfill the purpose that God has for you. To do good work. So if you're sitting here this morning saying, well, Matt, I wasn't created for anything good. That's wrong. It says it right here that we were created for good works. I imagine Mr. Rogers saying, I like you just the way you are. God loves you just the way you are. Just like Bone says, he he said his mom would say to him, I love you, Charles. No matter where you go or no matter where you, who you are, I love you. Or that God loves him, I'm sorry. And he's there with arms wide open. And then that he goes on about saying, and what does he say? He goes, girl, I don't think the good Lord made a mistake when he gave your kiddos the mama he did. God created you for a purpose. I, I, I need you, or I, no, no, I hope that you understand that God's workmanship, that you were created in Jesus Christ, that you are loved and unique. Oh yeah, to do good works for him. You were created to be you. Stop comparing yourself to others. Please stop looking at others as the way that you need to live or the way that you should live or the way that you, des- you think you deserve to live. Whatever that is, stop it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul, this is another passage that you're probably like, wow, you're just pulling them out left and right today, Matt. In chapter 12, Paul talks about this beautiful picture of us being the body of Christ. And he says that, you know, we are all uniquely gifted. And he said, the hand doesn't say to the foot, I don't need you. He doesn't say that the eye doesn't say to the, uh, to the ear, I don't need you. Because we are all needed. We need to accept who we are because God created us to be us. An eagle being an eagle. Learn to be content in the path and purpose that he has set before you. Learn to stay in your lane. Stop comparing yourself. This morning, we changed things up again, uh, same as last week. If you were here last week, we sang two songs at the beginning. We're going to sing two songs at, at the end. Because I think maybe this morning, for some of you, 
rocked your world a little bit more than last week. Because I'm being, like I said last week, I really feel like God puts things on my heart that not only I struggle with, but I think a lot of people struggle with. And I think that if you're sitting here this morning, you might be saying, wow, Matt, you're, you're right. I, I don't even know who I am anymore. I, I don't even know what my purpose and what my plan is because I've become so addicted to comparing myself to everyone and everything that I've just completely lost it. And now I'm questioning God. I'm questioning who, his love for me. I'm questioning my relationship. And we want to give you that time to just while these songs are being played, if again, like last week, if you need to shout these at the top of your lungs with your hands raised high, you can do that. I promise you, you can do that. If you need to just sit where you're at and pray, you can do that as well. If you want to pray with somebody else, like I said last week, don't just start randomly doing it. They'll think you're weird, but ask them, and I'm sure they'd be willing to pray with you. And I should have said this last week, I'll be over here as well. If you need somebody to pray with and you don't have someone, I'd be more than happy to pray with you. But please don't leave this morning. Don't leave this morning questioning who God made you to be. I'm sorry, this, <clears throat> I didn't do this first service, sorry. You, you can see how much has it affected me in my life. You lose the purpose that God has for you. You lose the plan that he has. And then you start to question him. Don't question God's love. Don't question who he has created you to be because he didn't make a mistake. I promise you. Don't leave here this morning without knowing that.